Now, today what I want to do is I want to encourage us to live in 2024 as ambassadors of Christ. And especially considering that we are living in a world that is a complex world. A world that is increasingly difficult for us to navigate, uh, not only because it is fallen, but because the world we are living in is fast-changing and unpredictable. And we see this all around us, don't we? Uh, when you look at the country as a whole, we see that the moral terrain of the nation is changing. I always remind you that the Christian presence in this country goes all the way back to the second century. That's a long time. Second century. Think about that. Before the word of God came to these lands, before the Bible came to these islands, this was a pagan Westland. But over time, the word of God started to civilize these islands. But now, as we begin 2024 and we look around us, we see that clearly that Britain uh, is no longer a nation that fears the God of the Bible. We need to be aware of that. We need to constantly remind ourselves of this truth. Britain is actually going back to the morality it had during the days of paganism and idolatry in the second before the second century, when it had no light of the gospel. We are living in a nation that has sadly rejected its Christian heritage. Uh, it's hard to believe, really, but the lunatics, as I like to say, the lunatics have indeed taken over the asylum. We see this, of course, in our social problems, don't we? Communities are fractured all around us. Loneliness and mental health problems are now at historic levels and worsening. We see it also in technology, don't we? New technologies are being developed without any biblical framework, which in turn are disrupting all areas of human life. Indeed, reconfiguring the very nature of what it means to be human. We see that in our educational system, it's completely falling apart, hasn't it? Our children aren't being sent there to be educated, they are being sent there to be indoctrinated in Darwinianism. And of course, pantheism, the Western thought that all things is one. There's no binaries anymore. Oh, it's all oneism. That is where we are at as a society. We can just go on. The justice system is completely broken down. There's no justice now. Uh, what exists there in the justice system now is really for the criminals. The list of challenges we face as a society, as we begin 2024, well, they are endless. They are endless. And it raises the question, doesn't it? How should we, as followers of Christ, live in 2024? As we live in this complex, chaotic, confusing, and fast-changing world. How should we live? How should you arrange your lives? How should you arrange your families? How should this church be arranged? What should be its priorities? In a world that is rapidly changing. I don't know if you've ever been in a car at a junction, right? You're in a car, and you're at a junction, and you're next to a bus. The bus is to your right, right? Now, when you're in the car, you're waiting for the traffic lights to change, aren't you? And then as you're in the car, you have this uneasy feeling, right? Is the bus to my right moving forward, or am I in reverse now? Is my car going back, right? 
And you feel, you sometimes ask that question when you're on the train. You're in the train, you're sat, and all of a sudden, is it, there's a train tape to the right, it's moving, and you're asking, are we going back now, or is the train going forward to my right? You ask yourself that, don't you? Well, the first thing you do if you're in the car is, I don't know how you do it, but the first thing I do is I try to regain clarity. And I try to overcome that quick flash of vertigo by looking at something that doesn't move, right? Perhaps a street light or a street lamp, right? Uh, or, or a tree somewhere. Something that doesn't move, right? You see, getting a fixed point of reference clears up your confusion. It relieves your vertigo, doesn't it? We're in a fast-changing world, in a chaotic world. We need to rest on the unchanging truth of God's word. It's our fixed and reliable guide in a chaotic and fast-changing world. You need the Bible. Because things are moving so fast. You need to anchor yourself on the word of God. This morning, I want us to look at one of the passages in the Bible that gives us clear and fixed principles on how we live in a changing world. Look with me there at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 to 12. The first letter of Peter was written to new followers of Jesus living, uh, living in Asia Minor. It's what we call modern-day Turkey today, right? These believers were in a pagan culture, just like today. Uh, in fact, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 says they had been saved by God from a futile life. And when we jump to chapter 4, Peter gives us more detail about the culture they lived in. Their culture was practiced sensuality, just like today. Passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, lawless idolatry. Peter calls it, all these words are coming from First Peter, Peter calls it a flood of debauchery. And on top of that, okay, that's, that's the pagan context, right? Now, on top of that, right, that confused moral landscape, they also had the Emperor Nero on the throne, who unleashed terrible persecution soon after Peter wrote First Peter. So a corrupt government, confused moral landscape, that's where they live. Very similar to us today. So as we think about their situation, the principles that Peter gives us here in this letter are so relevant on how we should live in our difficult world. How does Peter want us to live in a difficult world in 2024? Well, I think if Peter was with us this morning and he was handing out t-shirts to us that summarizes, right, in one word, how he wants us to live, I think the word he would have written on that t-shirt is ambassador. Ambassador. If you ask for three words, you say ambassadors of Christ. Christ wants us to live in this complex world in 2024 as, as his ambassadors. This is God's top priority for us as we start a new year. So the question I want us to answer this morning is how does that look like? How does it look for, like for us to live in 2024 as ambassadors of Christ? Well, the answer is in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 to 12. I'll just read it for us again. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, 
that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I aid you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Now, in this passage, Peter gives us four principles, and I'll run through this very quickly. Four principles, right, that we need to, 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 to apply to live as ambassadors in this difficult and fast-changing world in 2024. You need this. There are three of them. There are four of them, right? First, remember your identity, right? Second, remember your mission in Christ. Third, remember your destination. And fourth, remember the resources God has given you. Those are the four things. You could, you could change, you could, you could remember them differently, right? Remember where you are. Remember what you are here for. Remember where you're going. And remember where God, what God has given you to help you. So let's look at those four things. We'll start with the first one. First of all, if you're going to live in this fast-changing world in 2024, remember your identity. Remember who you are in Christ. You need to get that. You must keep reminding yourself in 2024 of who you are. The world has an idea of what your identity should be. You need to keep reminding yourself of who you are in Christ. And that's not easy. When I first came to this country, my father was a diplomat. Right? He worked at the Zambia embassy, or as they call it, the High Commission, there in Kensington, Second Palace Gate. I loved going there. It was wonderful. Now, at the beginning, it was a matter of great pride for us and for me and my siblings to be uh, children of diplomats. Our family had the letter D on the number plate, on the car. You have that. And you could park this car anywhere without getting a fine. I wish I could have it now. You could park it anywhere. Uh, you could actually speed and the police stop you. Uh, they did once and you just told them it's a diplomatic car. I once drove like that and they stopped me. I was like, yeah, that's fine. Right? <laughs> yeah, they could do that because you had diplomatic immunity. Uh, it's a bit debated now, but back in the day, it was a real thing, diplomatic immunity. Well, I could tell you stories about that. But anyway, that was us. We enjoyed it, right? But after a while, we started feeling more British. <laughs> when my parents said they planned to go back to Zambia, it raised eyebrows to us, the kids, right? Uh, we are now in England. Uh, why would we go back to rural Zambia? <laughs> like, we like it here. You see, what happens is this. You see, we started forgetting our identity as a diplomatic family. We forgot that actually there was a reason we were a diplomatic family, is that we are here on a temporary basis. And that fundamental to being diplomats is that you had to see yourself, not as British, but you had to see yourself as Zambian. Otherwise, the whole diplomacy thing doesn't work. Right? We were there as representatives of the country. But we started forgetting who we are as we lived in this society. And as you can guess, of course, I'm still here. And <laughs> my parents went back. 
Well, the same thing can happen to followers of Jesus. As we live in this fallen world where we are being tempted with many competing identities, we can forget who we are in Christ. This year, you will be tempted to forget your identity in Christ. Well, the antidote is to remember then that we are different people from everyone else around us because we've been chosen by God to represent him. Look at verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Peter is saying, remember your true identity. You have been chosen by God to be a part of a new spiritual race and nation that is owned by God in Christ. No matter what is going on in your life, remember that this is your true and permanent identity in this world. It is an identity that cuts across physical differences. It is an identity that cannot be changed. Just as you cannot change your physical skin, you cannot change your spiritual skin. Right? You are a new, you're part of a new nation, a chosen race, a chosen spiritual race. And notice Peter says here that God has made us his people by purchasing us, purchasing us at a price. That's what Peter means by this phrase, a people of his own possession. Peter is saying, before you started following Jesus, you were the same as the worst dictator or murderer in the world. You were without God and without hope in the world. But now you are a follower of Jesus because the blood of Christ has cleansed you from all your sin. Your sin, not in part, but the whole, has been nailed to the cross and you bear it no more. And so God now looks at you and says, she is my possession. She belongs to me forever. She is now part of my new people by the blood of the Lamb. In 2024, Remember who you are in Christ. Remember the reason God has made you his own. God has made us his new people so that we can live holy before him, isn't it? Holy before him to represent him in this world as his priesthood. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. The priests were chosen in the Old Testament to represent God before the people. They were servants of God among the people. We, the church, are the new priesthood today. And so Peter is saying to us, remember your identity. You are set apart from the world for God. In 2024, remember you are here to be his ambassadors, to represent God in the world. Represent God at your place of work. Represent God in your home. Represent God in the church. Represent God in your neighborhood. You are his ambassadors. You are different, beloved. You're going to start 2024 remembering that you are different from everyone else. Not different in the sense that every person is unique from another, but you are now part of God's people. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you already sense this in your heart. Your interests and desires are not the same as your friends at school. Your friends do not know Jesus. And so they don't have any desires for Jesus. And one of the things you've got to ask yourself is, are you just like your friends? Are you just after the same thing? But I believe you're truly converted. You are different from your friends at school. 
you find that their tastes and interests are increasingly at war with your desire to live for Jesus. And that is because, you see, you are different inside. You have a new nature given to you by the Holy Spirit. That's different from the colleagues at work have. They are still fallen in their sins. Your new nature wants to only live for Christ. The problem is that we are living in a world that is increasingly going to preach the opposite truth to you in 2024. In 2024, it will tempt you to live like everyone else. The world in 2024 will tempt you to find your identity in things that you are doing. Maybe your favorite hobby or some area of serving in the church. The world in 2024 will tempt you to find your identity in things that you have. The world will say, unless you have this career, you're nothing. The world will say, unless you have this family and it does these things, then you're nothing. The world will say, unless you wear this outfit or you have this gadget or you make this sort of progress, then you're nothing. You are a loser in life. Hello, friends. That can be painful for us. We know building our identity on what we do or what we have is wrong. It is self-worship and it never lasts. But friends, you gave in in 2023 to that preaching of the evil one. And in 2024, you will be tempted to give in. And so remember, remember your identity. That's the antidote. The world in 2024 will tempt you to see yourselves in terms of what you feel or desire. It will say, follow your heart or you are what you feel. Now we all know building our life based on our feelings is not an identity that brings peace, right? It is empty because our feelings are always changing, friends. How we feel is always changing. And so we must reject that in 2024. As I said, we know that we should reject these temptations to see ourselves based on what we do or what we have or what we desire, but we will struggle to reject them. And that's why God has brought us here at the beginning, I think, of 2024 to remind us that first truth. God is saying to us as we begin 2024, remember your identity as my people in Christ. That's how we live in this fast-changing world. That's how you're going to withstand the challenges that you're going to face, the suffering, the pain, all other things, the pleasures of this world. How do you resist the temptations and sin? Remember your identity. How are we going to explain biblical as a church? We must remember our identity. That's the first thing. Remember your identity. Here's the second thing we need to do. Remember your mission. So first, remember your identity. And secondly, Remember your mission as ambassadors of Christ. Stephen Covey, in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, says everyone should write down their mission statement. The experts say mission statements are like a laser beam, aren't they? They focus uh, our mind on our intentions, making it easier to strategize and be creative. In fact, I was listening to a podcast recently about homeschooling for one of the ladies who was talking about that. And she said the same thing. That parents, particularly homeschool, need to make sure that they write their mission statement. And I was just quite challenged by that. But I think every, not just people homeschool, I think every family can do with a mission statement of some sort. What are you aiming to achieve in 2024? 
What's your mission? What's your mission? You gotta spell that out, isn't it? Now, I don't know whether you have one or not. Perhaps your mission statement is like Kia, isn't it? Like IKEA. IKEA says their vision is to create a better everyday life for the many people. Or perhaps yours is like Richard Branson's to have fun in my journey through life and learn from my mistakes. That sounds like Richard Branson, doesn't it? Loads of mistakes, isn't it? And he seems to be having fun with it, right? But you see, what matters is not our mission statement. What matters is what is God's mission statement for you, right? What do you think God's mission statement for your life in 2024 is? As God plans your 2024, as he's seeking to work out his purposes for you, you and your family, what do you think God wants you to focus on in the year Well, the answer is verse 9, isn't it? It's in verse 9. You have been placed in this world, and our church has been planted in Bexley by God to be what? A human billboard that advertises him. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Why? That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The word proclaim literally means to advertise or promote God. Peter is saying you have been bought by the blood of Jesus to be God's PR agent. The reason God has saved you is to promote him in the church, in your home, in the neighborhood, at your place of work, in your classroom, in everything you do, even when you're at the gym. Peter is saying, no matter what you are pursuing in life, if your life is not being shared by the desire to promote God, then it's being wasted. Did you hear that? No matter what this church is doing, if what we're doing is not being shared by a desire to honor God, then we're just wasting our time here. Now, don't take that as like, of course everything we do is about God. No, no, no. Much of what is done in church is really about self-fulfillment. As pastors work to create their sermons, they're thinking, is this going to land well? Is this going to be listened? Is this going to catch their attention? Are they going to be able to listen? Are they going to fall asleep? What is the pastor doing? The pastor is focusing on the individual rather than the glory of God. It's very easy, beloved, to be tempted, to be self-focused. As a church puts on an event, a prayer meeting, they're thinking, we need to pray, we need to meet for prayer, but is anyone going to turn up? If no one's going to turn up, why should we put it on? What is the church doing as it's asking those questions? It's starting from the wrong premise. It's asking what will fulfill the human need. It's not asking what will honor God. It's very easy, beloved, to fall into the trap. As you plan your family... Start from the right questions. The question of seeking to promote God's agenda. As you shepherd your children this year, don't say, well, is this going to work for him? Is he going to be happy about this? You're asking the wrong question. Does this glorify God? That's how you should be thinking. Does this glorify God? Right? No matter what you're going to pursue in 2024, 
in your life in 2024, if it is not shaped by this fundamental desire to proclaim the excellencies of God, then it is being wasted. If it's not shaped by desire to honor God, to revere Him, for Him to be exalted, for you to live out as His ambassador in this world, then you're wasting your life. Your life is completely being wasted. So how are we to advertise God in this complex and confusing world? Well, Peter says clearly, here, we do it by proclaiming the excellencies of God, isn't it? The phrase there, the, that phrase literally means proclaiming the heroic acts of God. These are the works of God in our calling or serving us out of darkness. Look at this then. Once you are not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Peter is saying the number one calling of our church, the number one calling as you as a person in Christ, is to witness to the world the sensational good news of Jesus Christ. You have been allowed the grace of God to enter 2024 for one purpose only, to tell this confused world that it is enveloped in the darkness of sin, it is enslaved by every heinous evil, but the light of Jesus is here to break its chains. That's why God has given you the grace. Beloved, not everybody has entered 2024. Some have entered 2024, even now, in intensive care. You are here, alive and kicking, as they say. Why? You exist to tell the world that it lives in Satan's house of darkness. But Jesus, our great champion, has come to set them free by his mercy. You are here to proclaim his mission. You exist to tell the world that the dark damnation of hell is real. But Jesus, our redeemer, has come to give them new life in the new heavens and the new earth where righteousness dwells. You see, proclaiming the excellences of God, of course... It's more wide than simply speaking the word of God into this confused culture. Right? Or, or, or simply uh, us living out the proclamation of the gospel. Right? It also means that our lives must be changed, isn't it? How we live. It means that our life together as a church must live out the grace of Christ in a tangible way. Your homes, you must live out the grace of Christ in your homes. But thinking specifically here as a church, we must live out the grace that we preach in this church. Oh, friends. It means in 2024, there must be no place, beloved. Oh, we had enough of it in 2023. There must be no place of it for unforgiveness and bitterness. Let's leave that behind in 2023. It does not witness the love of Jesus to anyone. It hinders it. In 2024, there must be no place among us for competition or arguments with other followers of Jesus. It's not a good advert of Jesus to the world. Oh, friend, in 2024, among us, there must be no place for unkind comments or gossip. Living like that in the church does not point sinners to our suffering Savior. In 2024, our church life must not be an exercise in self-promotion. 
It's not about building our little kingdoms. It's about glorifying Him in all things. And I'll say the same thing in your home. Carefully reflect at the start of this year in your home. Are you just building your kingdom in your home? Or are you building the kingdom of Christ in your home? Make 2024 be about Him, beloved. About Him. As we begin this year, let us take this moment, beloved, to examine ourselves as individuals, as families, and as a church. And to repent of anything in our lives that is not in line with our mission in 2024. What's our mission? To promote Christ in the world. So, remember your identity. That's the first principle. What's the second one? Remember your mission. And here's the third one. Remember your destination. Remember where you're going. <laughs> you need to know where you're going in 2024. You need to know who you are. You need to remember why God has placed you here. But also remember the, the long term. Where are you heading to? Where is your life going? How would you answer? Where is your life going? Well, the answer is in this passage, isn't it? A couple of years ago, the Daily Telegraph published a list of the best airports in the world to get stranded at. So if you're traveling somewhere and you, wanna, you find yourself stranded, what is the best airport, which is all right, to be stranded at, even for a couple of days? <laughs> right? It's an interesting question, isn't it? Well, top of the list was Singapore's Shanghai Airport. It's wonderful. I've never been there. Brother Ola tells me, I think he has been. Right? I remember you're only the brother to, to Singapore. Right? Shanghai Airport. Verify with our brother if he took time. He wasn't stranded there by God's grace. But I believe you, you can check with him. Two free 24-hour cinemas. I looked it up. Swimming pool. Oh, by the way, free. <laughs> yeah, just to underline that for the swimmers. The 24-hour cinemas are free, right? <laughs> There's a swimming pool there. Sunflower gardens and the 40-meter waterfall rain vortex that comes alive at night with light and sound. Now, when I think about that, in my old days, I used to work in aviation economics. And one of the things I used to do was I spent quite a lot of time at airports. And one of the things I discovered is that airports are really cities. What I mean by that is that airports really are designed to make you stay longer and do the shopping there. They want you to take your money. The airports are not interested in getting you from A to B. <laughs> They're interested for you to pass through Israel and shop in there. And so they design that you stay a bit longer, it's comfortable. And that's what the hotels near airports, you see. They want you to be as much, to spend as much as you can. They'll be happy if you just spend the whole year there. And like that movie, right? <laughs> just be at the hotel. They have no problem with that. They want you to spend a lot of money. And as I think about airports, I think the world is like that. This world is not our final destination. It's like an airport. But like an airport, we're just passing through, right? But this world, like an airport, is trying to keep us here. <laughs> it's doing all it can to get us focused on the airport rather than our destination. Now, Peter is alive to this danger, that you're going to face this danger in 2024. So in this passage, he says, remember where you're headed. Remember you have an appointment with God, and you must focus on that. Look at verse 11 to 12. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds 
and glorify God on the day of visitation. What Peter Beske is saying is this. Remember this world is not your final address. You have a glorious appointment with Christ that, that day of visitation, right? When Christ comes. And you must do everything to focus on that. That's basically what Peter is saying. Now, what difference would it make for us to remember our final destination? As we live in 2024. If we remembering that this world now, we're just passing through. We are headed to a new earth and a new earth where righteousness dwells. We are headed to have an appointment with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. There's a time coming when we shall be transformed by him. We shall see him as he is. Yeah, That we are just passing through. We are, we are sojourners and exile in this world. What difference would it make if we remember that? I think it would make every difference in 2024. It would change your life. It would encourage us to face any challenges in 2024 with confidence in Christ because we know we are not in this world alone. We know that Christ has died for us and risen from death to give us a new future with him where all that is currently broken will one day be made new forever. We know that no matter how helpless we are feeling in this fast-changing world, the plan of God for us never changes. And it cannot fail, beloved. Because you have that guaranteed future, God's plans for you for 2024 will not fail. The more we keep remembering our glorious destination and God's purposes for us as a people of God in Christ, as His ambassadors... I think the more also we'll stay on mission. The more we'll get on our knees and we'll plead to Christ to give us fresh and new energy to live for him and to give us the wisdom to navigate any challenges in our homes and in the church and in this nation. The more we remember our destination, the more we are likely to support each other, to put sin to death, and the more we will work for the church. You know, this is going to change your life. When you think about William, I usually say, this. when you think about William and Harry, right? Okay. William, Harry, right? You know the, the dynamic duo, right? right. So, <laughs> who has a great future between those? You, if you didn't know anything about who's going to be king and who isn't in the line of succession, they're all in the line of succession, but who's closer to it, right? You just need to look at their lives, how they're living. Harry, you know, very well. See, even seriously dressed. Um, right? That's Harry. Like, that, oh, oh, not, not Harry, sorry. That's William. <laughs> Just checking you're following me, right? William, properly dressed and wife well behaved and everything. Very focused young man. Why is that? Because he's preparing to be king. He knows where he's headed. Harry is all over the place and he's writing books. He's chaos. Trouble brings problems for his dad and mom. And the mom is dead, of course. But you know, you, you get the idea. It, it, just, it behaves lawlessly. And the reason for that is, Ari himself has explained in that book, spare. He's just a spare. He's a man with no future. And it shows in Ari. The question I'm asking to you this morning is this. Are you William or Harry? <laughs> nah. Don't say neither, right? It's true, <laughs> neither, right? Yeah, neither. But you get the point. How are you living? If we looked at your life, are you living as a person who has a guaranteed future? 
with the Lord? Or is your life more like Harry? You're just living for yourself. You don't care. You claim to be a Christian, but it doesn't show. My point is, if we are clear about where we are headed, it transforms how we live now. We live more like William, spiritually, I mean, and less like Harry, spiritually. So, three things. Remember your identity. Remember your mission. And thirdly, remember your destination. Remember where you are going. You need to do that in 2024. Finally, and I'll end here. Remember your resources. Remember what God has given you in Christ. The Christian life is not DIY. It's not do it yourself. It is not something we live out in our strength. No, we live it out in God's strength. In 2024, you will need the strength that only God alone provides. And in this passage, three resources we are reminded in this passage that God has given us to help us in 2024. First, remember the resource of God's word. God has given you his word. You know what Peter is doing? Peter is writing the Bible as he writes this letter. He knows these people will need help as they live in a pagan culture. You need help as you enter 2024. So what does God give you? Peter, he puts it on Peter's mind to write the Bible to you. Peter is writing the word of God to churches in Asia Minor and by extension to us because we need the Bible. And notice Peter has also directly encouraged us already to feed on the word of God. Just glance over there in verse 2 to 3. First Peter 2 Verse 23 says, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tested that the Lord is good. Friends, in 2024, you must prioritize feeding on the Word of God. And the key to feeding on the Word of God, I was, at the micro, I was listening to a micro-conference on my way from the airport yesterday, and one of the authors who was speaking at this micro-conference on Zoom emphasis an important point. The key to the Word of God isn't simply receiving the Word of God, it is meditating on the Word of God. We do, for, for a private study, what that means is not simply that we read the Word of God, a lot of massive volumes of it, but we spend time meditating on it. In the church, what it means is that as you hear the word of God preached to you, you need to take it on and ponder over it during the week. You know, I'm so shocked that we come to church, many of us, without even a notebook to write down what we're hearing. I never went to a meeting with my boss at work without a notebook because he had important things to say to me and I wanted to get to the top, right? So I always brought that notebook. Any jokes he tells, I write it down. Anything is good. Is good is, I wanted to do that, right? But we come to hear God speak to us on Sundays, beloved. One behavior change we must make in 2024 is that we must write down what we hear so that the devil doesn't steal it from us. So we can meditate on it. It isn't simply hearing it. We need to meditate on it because as we meditate on it, well, we grow to building the word into us. And one of the sad things I saw in 2024 is that I saw Christians that started 2023. I'm getting my years wrong there, but you get the idea. Right? Well, I haven't seen 2024, just being clear, right? I've only seen 2023. Right? I'm not a prophet <laughs> or a son of a prophet. Um, <laughs> what I've seen in 2023 is that I see Christians start taking notes 
in January. By the time they get to December, their spiritual life is all over the place. The notebook has gone. I can always tell what people are doing spiritually by just that trajectory. You, you, as a pastor, you're a watcher. You, you see things, and you see her. She's struggling, isn't she? She no longer writes what she hears. She never listens to instruction. Friends, in 2024, hear the word, meditate on the word, and let it change you. Not everybody, of course, can write. Uh, some of our elderly saints, they are trained to hear well and, uh, and writing is the only side thing for them. But if you're young, get into that. Write things down and meditate on it. The best New Year resolution you can have is to resolve to attend, to be here every Sunday. And can I encourage you to resolve to be here every Sunday evening to ensure you hear God's word spoken to you. That's the best thing you can do for yourself. The best thing you can do for your family is to sit under the word. And for your employer, if you love your employer. Right? You should love your employer. Right? And to do what you can as a person to make an effort if it's practical for you to be here on Wednesday evening. It's not always practical. But if you can, it's practical. You can be here. And I'll just say to moms with little ones, we have made a facility for Zoom for moms with little ones who are not able to be here physically to plug in into those Bible studies. Right? The point is, be here. Hear the word. Digest. And in your spare time, Focus on the word. Feeding on the word of God is a mark of all true saints in church history. The word of God is a sword which John Chrysostom carried to his pulpit in the 4th century. It is the mirror which Luther looked into and saw that he can only enter heaven by faith alone. It is the word of God that made Luther like that. The word of God is a seed of faith that fed the Puritans. You only have to read any Puritan writing to know that they bled biblically. They read the Bible. The word of God is the milk which nourished Whitfield and Wesley into spiritual giants of their time. It is a fire that burned in the bones of Robert and Mary McShane at Dundee. It is a hammer, isn't it? It is a hammer that shattered the hard rocks of unbelief in the hearts of those who heard Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones preach at Westminster. What made the preaching of Lloyd John so powerful is the word of God. And the word of God is a lamp that is burning brightly among our many brothers and sisters in the persecuted world. They feed on the word of God. You can't suffer persecution without the word. You need to know the word. It brings persecution and it's what keeps you through it. And 2024, prioritize the resource of God's word. The second resource I ran through quickly is the resource of God's mercy. Peter says that we are followers of Jesus because God is merciful to us. Verse 10, you, once you are not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Living in a complex world in 2024 will generate pressures that will make you doubt who you are before God and you start asking yourself, am I even a Christian? Do I really belong to God? Friends, as I told the church I preached last week, you will shed tears in 2024. It's bound to happen. It's just the nature of life. You shed tears in 2023, and there will be reason for tears in 2024. But how are you going to go through that? 
Well, those moments will make you doubt who you are in Christ. You may say, oh, pastor, but you're prophesying something that's negative. I can't get you something good. I'm just foretelling you the truth. That's a fact of life. Right? That's a fact of life. Right? And so you need to remember who you are. You must remember you are chosen by God to be his ambassador. That's how you will survive 2024. Remember you have received this message. Did you pick up the past tense? Once you are not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You already have God's mercy. God's mercy for you doesn't depend on how strong you are or how weak you are. As long as you are in Christ, you have never rending mercy from God. So even in your moment of greatest sin, uh, there is no need to run away from God. You may feel lost, but God's mercy is always flowing for you. In a complex world in 2024, remember that you are His ambassador by His mercy. You are truly forgiven. You are truly loved. You are truly welcomed into the kingdom of God's mercy. The devil will make you want to doubt that in 2024. Suffering will make you doubt that in 2024. But remember the resource of God's word. Remember the resource of God's mercy. And finally, on our hand, we must remember the resource of God's community. We're going to end there because Peter emphasizes it. Living as ambassador of Christ in 2024 in a complex world is going to be a community project. God has never intended for you to work alone. Notice Peter in this passage talks about the people of God. Did you pick that up? We are a chosen race. It's a group. Not, it's not talking one person. It's a race. We are a royal priesthood. That's a group. A holy nation. And by the way, all the use in these verses, they are all in the original language, plural form. <coughs> so never read this as, as, as addressed to an individual. No, it's addressed to a group. And that is Peter because Peter is reminding us that living in a difficult world is a community project. God has given us each other to help us remember our identity, our mission, and our destination. And of course, the resources God has given us. We need other believers in this church to teach us, correct us, care for us, watch over us, and pray earnestly for us as we face the blessings and challenges of life in 2024. It's that simple. And what I would say is that for you to truly benefit from this resource of the church, you need to be truly committed to the local church, to be wholehearted, to be a member of a church, and to actively labor to use all the gifts that the Lord has given you to support his church as we all seek to live together as ambassadors in a complex world. So then, to conclude before we sing our final hymn, how should we live in 2024? Well, we need to remember that we are to live as ambassadors by remembering those four principles. Remember your identity. Remember your mission. Remember your destination. And remember your resources. What are the resources? Three of them. The resource of God's word. The resource of God's mercy. And remember the resource of God's community. Amen.